0: Welcome to the Twins Insider Podcast. I am Michael Rand, joined by both Lavelle E. Neal III and Chip Scoggins. Uh, both of them are in Chicago. It's happening, fellas. Uh, today is the day, opening day, of the weird, I don't think there's any other way to put it, weird, strange, abbreviated 60-game uh, Twins regular season. Um, all, how are you guys doing out there? Are you, you excited for opening day? You feeling, are you feeling it like a normal opening day?
1: I'm just glad to have a purpose in life again,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> It snuck up on us, Mike. it took so long
0: yeah, yeah right it's a, it's just that easy right It's just that easy yeah, but, uh, I know. well you guys will be covering a game in about what uh, we're recording around ten a m it'll be about uh, you know uh, nine hours from now you'll you'll actually be watching a a game that counts in the baseball standings. there will not be fans in the stands there will be Piped-in crowd noise. Are the white I can't remember. Are the White Sox – White Sox are doing the uh, the cardboard cutouts, right? This is going to be a cardboard yeah, they are. game? Yeah,
1: they are. They'll have cardboard cutouts in the stands. And um, they, yesterday, I think, or two days ago, they had cardboard cutouts of their kids, the players' kids. So, <laughs> have fun with it. So, it's cool. I, I guess all the money they raise from that is going to White Sox charities. So, yeah. that's
0: for uh, cost. I think that piece of it's fun. It's just it's also the – it's it's weird though, because the things that they try to do to take away from the fact that it's an empty stadium kind of also draw attention to the fact that it's an empty stadium. So yeah. I don't know, it's, it's a weird kind yeah. of dynamic. I think it, I think it's yeah, watching the games last night. Yeah,
2: distracted by the cardboard cutouts than I would be if there was just empty seats there.
0: Right. Yeah. The Dodgers Absolutely. game in particular. Yeah. There was uh, watching that game. I was like, wait, Oh, that's weird. But yeah, know, yeah. we'll, we'll get used to everything. I suppose. Uh, hopefully not for more than a season, but, uh, we never know. Um, the big, the big thing I want to talk about right off the bat here is expanded playoffs baseball kind of, you know, just jumped right in here on opening day and said, here's the, here's the playoff format. 16 teams are going to make the postseason this year, the top two teams from every division in each league plus two more, the two others with the best record out of the, uh, the remaining, um, the remaining teams in each, uh, in each league, um, kind of, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of the edge off, I guess, you know, the, the worries of, of how things, you know, can go sideways in this 60 game season at Lavelle right off the bat, what are your impressions of, of this, did this, is this more than you thought they would do or, and then how do you see this shaking out?
1: I got two feelings on this one. I, I think when you have a 60 game season, Uh, it's understandable that uh, you may want to uh, have more teams involved just because how short the season is. And um, it helps uh, – well, it's a little bit of a cushion for the good teams that may go off to a slow start. You know, Um, at the same time, uh, my worry is that once you open this door, they're going to keep it open. So we may have expanded playoffs going forward. I also uh, – the other thing I don't like is the – Is the notion that uh, if you win your division, you get to pick your opponent, Uh, which it sounds fun on paper. It looks like fun on paper, but for the team that gets picked, they're going to be furious. You know, the twins like have like the the top seed and then the White Sox, like around 500, they pick, they pick the White Sox as the first round opponent. The White Sox player is going to take that as an insult, you know, oh, they easily beat us, you know, we're giving them a game. So I, I think it's kind of wacky and, in that regard, but you had, they, they, I understand, they had to do something, and plus, you know, things aren't done without money in mind, and that's the other thing, too. Um, both sides can stand. The more p- rounds of playoffs, more interest, uh, better ratings, and more money for both sides.
2: It's all about cash in the end, baby. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about that, too, Lavelle, is you could have some upsets, because that first round is the best of three, right? And so, yeah, um, yeah granted, the, the higher seed gets all three games at their at their home, but um, you just have to win two games. Um, there's, there's, you know, I'm not sure you're going to have the best teams emerge from that, from that round, but, but I think your point's right. When you have 60 games, this provides the protections that teams that get off to a slow start or have a bad 10 days that yes, it ordinarily might be what you would consider a playoff team or one of the better teams, but just for whatever reason, they have a slow start. This provides or so it, it does, it, might, it does take the edge off, and if you're the Twins, the wheels would have to come completely off for them not to to make the you know this this playoff field.
0: Yeah, I was just asking you guys that. I mean, this this really like you know for a team that won 101 games last season and was already looking like a pretty good you know bet to get back this year, even on a under a on, you know a regular playoff format, even in a shortened season, you give them that kind of cushion. I mean, let's 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 be honest even. Even with flukes that can happen, I can't, I can't imagine Detroit or Kansas City being anywhere near, you know, the mix. So all you got to do is be, you know, one of, you know, one of the two best out of three really teams in your division to make the postseason. And even if you don't do that, you might still make it. Um, and even, even with all that, they're probably the favorites uh, still to, to be number one. So, uh, we're, I mean, you got to figure their postseason chances right now are, are up, you know, what, 80, 90 percent at this point.
1: Yeah, I I just think that if you're like the Rangers, the Blue Jays, the White Sox, maybe the Rays, you're you're like excited now because now um, you're fired up for the possibility that being around 500 will put you in the playoffs, and so um, that's going to galvanize those 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 clubhouses and excite those players, and now they're motivated more than ever to uh to uh to do all they can to try to uh, be in that group. So I. Uh, that that's going to be interesting. The 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 middle tier teams now are going to be, have something to play for, and that could affect how the regular season goes.
2: It'd be interesting. You, you you know you'd never be able to get a player to admit this, but if you could give them true serum, you wonder what this does to players. Just their thought process coming into a season now. I mean, before you know, it's like you know, one loss accounts almost times three, right? right. Um, and, and there is that pressure of of knowing how how much these games are magnified, you wonder if this does let them kind of breathe a little bit. Like, like they're never going to admit because they're going to say, "Oh, we're going to we're going to approach it the same way and all that." You know, we're going to try to win every game. They're, no player is going to admit that um, it changes their thought process, but you do have to wonder if this doesn't kind of allow them to relax a little bit and. Gotcha. and
0: not- I think that's a good point. Um, I, you know, we, we've talked, I think I've talked to both of you on different podcasts about, you know, does 60 games change the way you manage a season? Does it, you know, it does magnify each game. And I think you're right. This, I, I think there's still an incentive obviously to finish, you know, to, to win your division and, and, you know, to, to make sure you're, you're doing your best, but I think it does take a little bit of the edge off the how important each individual game is for, for sure. You don't want to just be giving games away, but, but right, if if there's a if there's a margin for error, if you know that, hey, um, we don't have to, you know, if it's down to the wire at the end of the season, you know, you're going to make the playoffs. It's the difference of opponent might not be that huge. You, you're maybe not going to go pedal to the metal quite as hard as you would have otherwise.
2: Yeah, and and I, you know, you're right. We talked about how will Rocco handle um, a sixty game versus a sixty two, and does it affect yeah. pitching strategy and? Lineup construction and all that. Um, I don't know that it necessarily changed, but I I think you're right that if you – as you get closer to the end and you know you're pretty safe of getting in, you might be able to adjust the way you do things versus maybe give some guys more rest than you would have otherwise. um, Skip a guy in a rotation, whatever. I I think it will – as you get towards the end, you'll have a clearer understanding of if you're in or out and can you maybe pull back the reins a little bit. The rest thing is going to be
1: interesting because Rocco's a big believer in, in, in not wearing out players. But in a shortened season in which each win is like 2.7 wins in a 162-game schedule, um, it's going to be more impactful. You got guys like uh, that Josh Donaldson and those guys who want to be in the lineup every day. He's going to be tempted to fire out his, his, his best unit. Um, he does have some depth to play with that will help. But uh, like that, that stretch of games when they play like thirty seven games in thirty six days, you know, uh, he's he's got to think about the long term, even
0: though it's
1: not that long, you know. So I'm curious to see how yeah. <laughs> that uh, uh, that uh, aspect going forward here.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Speaking specifically of the Twins, now we got opening night here. Uh, Jose Barrios pitching. Um, seems like their staff, even with Jake Odorizzi starting on the injured list, is set up pretty well with, with depth. We know about the lineup. Um, but who, who on this – I think the, the more interesting question is going to be how each individual player kind of reacts to the, the environment of, you know, not just playing in an empty stadium, but all the kind of rules you have to follow along the way to, you know, it, it, it's, just, it's just not a very natural Experience, I would imagine. Lavelle, maybe start with you. Just in, you know, in the Zoom calls you've been on, and knowing a lot of the guys in this clubhouse, how do you think, you know, each individual or you know specific individuals are going to adjust to, you know, either for better or for worse, the way this season is going to be played?
1: Um, well, you know, it's it's it, it, it's what they have to deal with, so they just have to be ready for things that are unusual, and that includes the travel aspect and. Staying in hotel rooms as much as possible and not going out a lot. And um, and uh, I still haven't gotten clarity. I don't know if they're allowed to shower at the ballpark. I think they are now. Uh, that was on the first list of programs. I Remember that, yeah. Players go home and shower. And we're, they were like, well, "What if we have to go on a road trip? You know, <laughs> we working out. We were at a game and we have to fly out. You got to get on a plane, funky, you know." And I, I think that got worked out. But everybody's, you know, I mean, you're you're going to see a couple players wearing masks on the field during games. Luis Arias says he's going to wear a mask while he's playing. So, um, and and the thing is, Mike and Chip, uh, because there's so much on the line this year, they come off 101 wins, and they truly believe that they can have a special season, they're going to make any adjustment necessary in order to make, in order to be on the field to see if that can happen. So, um, they, they, they will, uh, they will adjust to the moment here, I believe. And, and, because they have to, and, just talking from the guys, you know, some of them have been a little, you know, people like Mitch Garver are still worried about uh the process. What happens when people test positive in the middle of the season? Uh, if they're on a road trip. If they test positive. Do they have right. to? Drive? Uh, are they allowed to fly? You know, how's that all going to work? There, I think there's there's some concerns about the structure when things go haywire. Um, you know, I'm sure Washington's going through that right now because Juan Solo, you know, tested positive, you know, a couple of days ago, right before the opener. So um, those are things that they they can't they have to be prepared for. At the same time, you don't know how you're going to react. So um, I, I think they're I think they realize that um, you know they've got to be ready for anything this year, and
0: it's going to be a weird year. Chip, what do you think? Do you do you see any individuals on this team you know that you think could just kind of thrive in this vacuum versus some that you think boy it's going to be a challenge for them to to get up for you know a a game with such a strange environment or to you know get out be out of what's their typical ballpark routine
2: yeah i've been thinking about this a lot lately just in how i don't know how you quantify it you you probably just the effect of not having that in stadium atmosphere energy because You know, we hear guys talk about all the time. They feed off that, you know. And you wonder how how, – because guys have different personalities and and that type of thing. But, you you know, you wonder how a guy like Eddie Rosario, who's very energetic and upbeat and seems to feed off kind of the crowd energy and all that. Not not saying he's going to have a bad year because of that, and it may not not have an impact at all. But it it does make you wonder, um, to just some human basic – degree um it's got to have an effect right because we, we've been in a, in a packed ball stadium or or arena and yep. when it's tense and the crowd's going crazy and you can just kind of feel that emotion that's have some effect on players athletes pro or con and now you're not going to have that so you wonder if it might take you know maybe a week just for guys to in and kind of find this new normal and figure out how they have to go about their job without that, that outside element to it. So each, each guy, cause everybody's, you know, everybody's personality is different. Each guy is going to have to make that adjustment, but, um, but it, it'll be interesting to see that motivation has to come from in that, that dugout. Right. And I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see it. Cause we didn't see a lot of it the other night. Lavelle, we, you know, we heard, we saw some clapping and some cheering, but it is an exhibition game. So I don't, you're not going to get the full throttle. Right. But tonight, are guys going to be up on that top step? Are you going to be able to hear him? Is it going to be – what's the energy level going to be like in that dugout? Because it's going to have to come from within. Yeah, I,
1: I, I think
0: oh, – go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead
1: No, yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be uh, something to behold. I mean, it wasn't too much cheering from uh, the Twins dugout on Wednesday because Homer Bailey was giving up <laughs> uh, the, the first couple innings and putting them behind. It was all the cheering was on the club side. But um, that's the thing, uh, this crowd noise – uh, it's only in, in, in reaction to things that happen on the field. It's not that murmur in the background that's going on while players are playing. Uh, part of me wonders too, some players will thrive because there's no pressure because the stadium's not full and other, and other players like, you know, I'm wondering if someone like Josh Donaldson feeds off madness in the stadium, you know, mm-hmm. so I can see how each side of that is affected, but I, I'm still worried that there's going to be stuff heard on the field that shouldn't be heard. Like, teams may have conversations on the field that they don't want the other team to hear. hear. And I, I still wonder, like, if there's a borderline pitch and the umpire calls a the ball, there's always someone in the dugout going, that was a bleeping strike. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if, that is, if that happens, you, you're, you're going to be able to hear that, or the umpire's going to hear that, and you're going to, it's going to lead to a possible conflict. So uh, that's my uh, – so my, I'm curious to see how some of that shakes out.
0: Going to be able to hear the banging on the garbage cans, loud and clear. That much is for (laughs) for sure. I I wonder. I wonder if the pitchers might have a little bit of an edge, at least early on, just because it it seems like, yeah, I I think they do probably feed off crowd a little bit, but they also probably, I think the pitchers maybe, you know, there's there's a little bit more execution that goes into it, and kind of a, you know, a, a staying within themselves and executing pitches. You always hear them talking about, you know. Talking about that, if they are able to kind of get into a zone and kind of a quiet space and just kind of throw to the glove, I wonder if if they might have an easier time adjusting than you know than a batter who's, you know, kind of kinda of all over the place sometimes I think in, in terms of emotions at, at the plate. It could it could be, Mike. Um that could be but
2: beyond that, and Rocco's sort of downplayed this the other night, just about the hitters timing. I mean, have they yeah. had enough work in three weeks? Lavelle, you're probably better to speak to that but just this was so, so condensed and um, you just don't have that, that, that same ramp up time for the hitters that you wonder like are they going to be locked in and have their timing down from you know from opening day uh, I, I, I have to think that the pit, pitcher might have an advantage uh, early on but Rocco downplayed he, he doesn't seem to think that's going to be a concern I don't know man I, I
1: think hitters I don't know if hitters have had enough of bats to feel comfortable uh, even in the way the Twins tried their approach at having groups of four bat over and over and over again. Um, so I'm thinking pitchers are going to be a little bit ahead of hitters for the first couple of weeks. So um, Plus, I don't know if, if there's a benefit or, or not a benefit of just facing your own pitching all the time. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out, but I'm, I, I'm t- I tend to believe that uh, hitters are still trying to get their timing down after these, you know, these inter-squad games. Uh, I mean, if Sano looks not good right now, he does not look good to play. Uh, his swing's got to get – he's got to get in sync with his swing. And I, don't, I wonder how many other guys are like that.
0: Well, one thing I know uh, – well, a lot of things we don't know are, you know, how this all works long-term, if it even – if the, how the season plays out long-term – uh, what I know though is we are going to get start getting some answers tonight, and that feels pretty good. I think we're going to we're going start seeing some games at least. Um, follow Lavelle and Chip; they're both going to be reporting live from Chicago. As, <laughs> as as much as that is right now, as the strange Zoom world that we still live in, even from the ballpark. But uh, guys, thanks a lot. Um, good luck. Uh, good luck with the coverage tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll be reading you on StarTribune.com. Thank you, Mike thanks a
1: lot, Michael. It should be fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that should be, that's a perfect way to end the uh, the season preview podcast. thanks guys.